Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PE podcast by Lancashire Post. This week we have a Blackpool special. We're joined by Blackpool writer Matt Scrafton to talk all things PE and Blackpool ahead of this weekend's derby. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals and with me, as always, is Dave Seddon. Dave, slightly different this week. I feel like we've got a snake in the grass or something. <laughs> we're, obviously, we're joined uh, by Matt Scrafton of the Blackpool Gazette, Blackpool writer, for our uh, PE Blackpool derby special. Uh, Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. As I said, social media, it's good to be over here on the dark side. On the dark side, <laughs> shocking. Um, yeah, but I feel like, a, like a, lucky to be here on such a big, 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 big show, big production. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it, we are pretty big time, aren't we? Yeah, we're, no budget spared here. <laughs> yeah. you know, this is a full lot, you know. We're, we're we are here. kind of a big deal, you yeah, know. Yeah, we've pushed the bolt out as well for <laughs> this one, yeah. Everyone looking forward to the derby then? Yeah, I am. It's my my first experience of the derby. Mm. So, um, so obviously, I, I started covering Blackpool in 2016. So, obviously they were in League Two at the time. I came over from Lincoln, so I'm a Lincoln fan. So, I've, no, I've never never seen this game before. That's sort of the last thing on my bucket list, if, if yeah. you like, of things to do. Um, obviously, I, I was I was on top of court cases. Well, yeah, so, yeah, I was a reporter. <laughs> I was lucky enough to be the first sort of reporter to cover Blackpool post Oyston and saw seen them win at Wembley twice. And and now it's it's it's, it's Preston, which um, that, that's the last thing. I, so I wanted to, to tick off, so yeah, mm. I can't wait for it. And then you leave next season. <laughs> <laughs> Even I've seen Blackpool win at Wembley, how bad's that? Uh, Dave, you looking forward to it? Yeah, I've, unlike Matt, I've, uh, <laughs> I'm well trodden down the old derby route. I think my first North End Blackpool derby were 1982, watching them, North End mm. won um, in the FA Cup. There's not been that many league games over the years, when you look at it, there's been quite a you know quite a wide gap you know with with cup games thrown in but but I've seen plenty down the years good and bad some really good some really bad and from our point of view obviously like everyone else it's eight years since the last one 2013 Mm. in Deepdale Tom Clark said uh, last time we ventured down the M55 for anything but sort of fresh air fun <laughs> seeing Albert the Lion and uh, <laughs> you know ride on the Pleasure Beach was 2000, November 2009 it was a, mm. a Monday night one all draw Billy Clark scored after about two seconds for Blackpool yeah. Ross Wallace equalised for North End I think half of that Temporary stand collapsed. I, when, I when think I ended up on the pitch on that one because I, I was in that temporary stand at which, which I think PNE fans were literally jumping up and down to see if they could break it at one point, and I thought I was going to go through it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, the, the was it the free kick, mm-hmm. and he's come running over like halfway to where they were, and there was like a, a card, not cardboard, wow, a wooden like triangle block thing of the the sponsor board, and then everyone just went, and I ended up like I was probably what what, what year was it? Two thousand and nine. Two thousand and nine. Geez, so what? Twelve years ago. So I was, yeah, I was about thirteen, fourteen. You're about two. Weren't yeah. you? <laughs> well, it was the first game. You were in a tram, weren't you, Tom? I'll tell the first you. game you mentioned was fifteen years before I was born. But yeah, um, thanks, mate. <laughs> but the um, yeah, so I ended up on the pitch with all the PNE fans, just like the the just everyone went over the the borders. Mm. <laughs> but that's my my. This is my first uh, obviously derby as a reporter like Matt. Um, a couple as a fan. I watched a beanback once as well where Mella scored, uh, was it 3-0 at Bloomfield Road? Mm-hmm. Mella scored. And uh, yeah, so quite interesting. And I, I and at least, you know, we might have, obviously we'll come on to the, the fans situation, all that sort of stuff. But the good thing is they are separated, aren't they? Mm-hmm. In, that, in that stand. Yeah. By us. Yeah. <laughs> in the press yeah. box. Just, so that'd just be interesting. From a reporting point of view, I'll go on like, yeah, my first derby were in 1982, mm. but... In terms of actual reporting, mm. I think I've only done three. 
You oh, know, okay. like my first season covering North End mm. outright was 2000, that, that season when Blackpool, you know, North End and Blackpool last played. I think it was, um, yeah, one all over there and then it was a, a ball draw at Deepdale, nil-nil. Mm. I think Ian Holloway just taken over or... Yeah. Um, you know, I think Darren Ferguson was North End manager at the time, so that was those two games that season, and then, and then the Tom Clark one. So it probably shows, you know, I've been in doing this job now a decade, probably too long, and um, <laughs> you know, it's only my this will only be my fourth fourth mm. experience of you know reporting on a derby. You know, I've, yeah. I've covered I've covered games at Blackpool before with in previous jobs and everything, but this is a you know only the you know only only the fourth one. You know, involving PNE all, Blackpool. It's all very exciting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What, what, do you, what? Right for those listening, Matt, of a PNE persuasion. What, what should we expect from Blackpool? What's been the story of the season so far? What's it been like? Obviously, promotion last season. Critchley's come in and done well since he's come in. All that sort of stuff. Probably not tipped to do masses this season. Probably if you survive, it's 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 a good do sort of thing. But what what's your take on it so far? Yeah, it's quite an interesting question because you asked the club, people at the club players and, and Neil Critchley and, and sort of the management of the club and what, what do you want to do this season? And Is it just about coming 21st or whatever and stay up? And They didn't say it, but they get the feeling that they're not really thinking about that. It, mm. It's all about you know, mid-table and being quite safe and secure. I don't get the feeling that they're, they're overly worried about it. Um, obviously started off fairly poorly, um, but there were reasons for that. They, they had a disruptive pre-season with... Uh, Covid in the camp and a lot of injuries and and the recruitment they didn't get that right until right until deadline day basically so mm. um, they got off to a slow start which um, you know it took some adjustment you know as you know touching on what I said before this is this is my first experience of covering the championship as a reporter you know I've basically been League One League Two for the last twenty years of my life mm. so so it's a learning experience for me as well and I was expecting a big step up but I remember the first game of the season away to Bristol City and not necessarily a great championship team probably mm. you know, mid table side but you could just notice straight away, right, there, there's a big step up here. The, mm. the Bristol City players all seemed taller. They all seemed a bit stronger than Brussels. The, everything they did was a second quicker. And I think on the day, Blackpool did struggle, to be fair. Um, but they did. They, they fought back and got the draw, which probably says a lot about Blackpool, that, that they, you know, they still got adjusted to it. So it took them a few weeks to adjust to life back in the Championship. But I think now they look like a Championship team. Um, you know, even on Saturday at Nottingham Forest, they lost 2-1. They were well in it. It was a good game, two, two good teams. And... They look, they look like you know they they belong here. So I, I don't get the feeling that they're they're overly concerned about. They're not looking over their shoulder. Put it that way. I don't think mm. when they lose a the game, they're thinking, oh god, you know, look at the bottom three. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that feeling. There's no like six pointers already going. Well, we need to make sure we're away from this side. I remember seeing that tweet, um, the Bristol City one that you mentioned, saying like, and and maybe having been away from the championship for for a while, do you think that can be forgotten a little bit? The 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 difference between League One because I think sometimes. Teams that come out of League Two go into League One and they're automatically in the top half, top end. It's not quite the same going from League One to the Championship, is it? Well, it's, yeah, it's, you'll know better than me, come Preston. You know, Preston. Um, there is, you know, it is such a big struggle. You look at Rotherham, Yo-Yo, mm. last few years. I know Coventry have, have done well, but they they're sort of booked the trend, haven't they? I they only got, just survived last season, for example. Yeah, they were happy Co- with that. Coventry and, and Luton. I know Luton have done quite well, but uh, you know the other teams do tend to struggle. And I'm not overly surprised to see Peterborough and Hull mm. down there. E- even last year, I thought. I know Blackpool came third, but I, I did feel Blackpool were a better side than those two, so I'm not overly surprised to see them down there. Um, but just with Blackpool, because because they're so well run and off the pitch now, it's, it's such a different club to what it was. Um, I, I, I don't get any any sort of concerns. I, I don't think they're, they're overly worried. They're looking, looking ahead. They're looking, looking forwards. Mm. And for those 
of a Blackpool persuasion that don't really follow North End as much. Dave, what's what's the rundown of North End season so far? What's because obviously draws, yeah, draws mainly. We're recording this on Tuesday, yeah. So obviously both teams have got games on Wednesday. Yeah. But the story of North Country End and Redden, yeah, North End story of North End season so far has been too many draws. Now put draws alongside a couple of wins, two or three wins, more wins, fantastic. But when it's six draws out of seven and the seventh is a defeat in that you know in the, it within that sequence ahead of whatever happens on Wednesday um, that that lies the problem I think you could say that North End are hard to beat in the fact that they've only lost four this season the first three plus the QPR game yeah. now again this is speaking on Tuesday um, so that's not the issue what the issue is is tipping the balance the other way hard to beat From hard to beat but you but, but can you in those games where you need to be winning them they're not finding that sort of little edge that mm. little little bit of extra to flip it over into those you know one point into three mm. and while draws can keep your unbeaten run going quite nicely after a while the you know a point a game is not really what you're looking for yeah, so the weakness generally so far this season from North End has been kind of breaking breaking teams down, finding that cutting edge regularly, really, hasn't it? I suppose it? you'd say so, yeah. The, the two games have won. They beat Peterborough 1-0, have more chances to score in that one. Um, then the Swansea game, which was a terrific game to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. I, think, I think they really clicked in that. You know, Once they got over the first 15, 20 minutes, they really clicked in that one. But, you know, but they... they there's been three goalless draws in the run, hasn't there? Mm. There's been there's been an exciting, there's been a two-all draw at Sheffield United when both teams scored in the last few minutes, you know, yeah. an exciting game. So they've sh- it's not as if there's been a dearth of goals or anything, mm. but just needed a, you know, a couple more in key games, you know, key, key times when they've created a really good chance and not stuck it away or they've found themselves in a promising position approaching the box and chosen the wrong ball, chosen, mm. you know, that... Do you slide it into the box? Do you slide it down the side for someone to whip it in or something yeah. like that? They just made the wrong choice. Or throw on goal where they're, where they're trying to find. I mean, we'll, mm. Emil Reese. I'm sure we'll come on to the key players shortly, but Emil Reese is probably one of the key players for PNE in terms of how many goals he's got this season. But one of the big issues of him, and this is why he's not a top end championship player or Premier League player or whatever, is that he gets in those positions like Saturday when he's one on one with the goalkeeper mm-hmm. and doesn't take those chances. And that's probably why I'm sure Blackpool have similar things. Mm-hmm. And that's why these sides are mid table rather than yeah. top half. And that's well, just the think, way it goes, I suppose. You think of Emil Reece just touching on Reese there, one on one against Garby on Saturday, slides it straight at the keeper. Same kind of position against QPR, puts it away. Mm. But he's he's not a sort of taking every chance that comes his way. He's probably scoring one every four or five chances, you know. Mm. And as you say, that's probably why North End are sort of where they are at the moment. He, he's your main striker, mm. but you know, if they had someone that everyone wants, the old twenty goal yeah. season striker, which I don't think exists that much. But you know, if they had a fifteen goal a strike one you know regular in the league mm. that can just tip the balance that a little bit more for Blackpool uh, watching from afar of course but it seems like the main man from last season is starting to finally find his feet I mean he's having to fill a gap really uh, not been in the team much Jerry Yates but he seems to kind of be kind of coming to the fore now Matt 
Yeah, well, it's, it's quite funny just listening to what Dave said. I think we can expect a, a blinder this season, because uh, this weekend, sorry, because um, Blackpool already scored 12 goals in, in, their yeah. 12, in their 12 game, so probably nil-nil. Both scored the <laughs> same amount of goals, <laughs> and, and Peony have conceded one less. But other than that, they're so similar this season, the two teams. It's going to be a thriller. But, uh, yeah. And five of those 12 goals come from Shane Lavery, who's obviously not, not fit this weekend. So, yeah. yeah, Jerry Yates w- w- was massive last season. Scored, you know, talk of 20 goals, he scored 23 in all comps. First Blackpool player to reach 20 in the league since uh, Andy Morell. So he, he was vital last season. This season, slow start, but he did the same last season. It took him, I think it was 11 mm. games to, to get his first goal after signing from from, uh, from Rotherham. And this season, he scored early on a penalty at Bournemouth, but it um, took him, I think, 10 games to score from, from open play. Um, but Jay's the sort of player that he, he does he does bring stuff even when he's not scoring. He, mm. he, he works so tirelessly. I'm sure we'll mention it later, but you know, a partnership with, with Gary Medine, he's the one that does all the running, <laughs> unsurprisingly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, two and two now, so he, he's in form. And um, he's becoming a bit more of a, a typical sort of number nine striker who, who's just in the right place at the right time. If you saw his goal on Saturday at Forest, it was the ball just dropped to him, stuck it away from 10 yards. Whereas last season, he was trying to do a bit of everything. He was, because Neil Critchley wanted to press like, like Liverpool, basically, mm. he was the one who was chasing into the corner flags, doing a bit of everything. Well, I think under Critchley, he, he's been sort of moulded into... He still, he still presses, he still works hard, don't get me wrong, but he's he's in the right place at the right time to get those mm. get, get those goals. Matt, well, you're so, sorry, if you could yeah, jump no, in go. there. You're, um, you mentioned Shane Lavery there, five goals mm. this season, hamstring injury, I presume it is, isn't mm. it? Yep. Are you surprised how well he's done in the Championship mm. up until his injury? Signing from, you know, the Nor- Northern Ireland, you yeah. know, the, uh, the Northern Irish League yeah. with Linfield. I know he had his background at Everton, but... Yeah. You know, it's quite a big jump to make, but he seems to have done it well. Yeah, it's hard to say because I didn't know a great deal about him. No. I, I did actually see him. I, I was watching a Northern Ireland game a year or two ago. I think Dan Ballard, who was at Blackpool last season, he was playing. So I did see him and, and I did notice, he, he again, he's just non-stop running. And I, I never thought Blackpool would have another striker who works as hard as Jerry Yates, but Lavery probably works even harder. Just just those chasing down those lost calls in the corner flag, which you're like, what, what's the point? Hmm. But then he, he not only did you get that, he probably wins a throw in or wins a yeah. corner, gets the crowd up. Just those little things that can really have a big difference. And and his finishing, um, he's one of those players that probably takes two or three chances to score, but because he gets in so many promising positions, he's scoring. And he's, he's going to be a big miss for, hmm. for whatever it will be, you know, probably three, four, another three, four weeks. Hopefully, hopefully it's sooner for Blackpool. Um, but yeah, he's, he's done really well. And as you touched upon, probably a bit of a surprise coming from, from hmm. Leonfield, but... I did notice when he signed he, the comments from from some of their fans. Obviously, take it with a pinch of salt because you know, they're going to you know, sort of you know, give him a lot of praise. But I think he scored 30, 40 goals for them, and they were like, "No, nah, he's a star. Mm. He, he's, he probably won't be in the championship for too long." And and of of the you know the ten ten or so games he's played so far, I can see why because he brings so much. And again, Simsy Yates, even when he's not scoring, he's he's a very modern striker because he brings so much to the press and, and the closing down, and. Um, and he's also a very sort of unassuming, really nice sort of guy who just gets on with his football. So, yeah, he's a big miss. He's going to be a big miss this weekend. Not the only one missing, though, is he? Um, obviously, we'll kind of go into Blackpool team news now, I suppose. The the big one, obviously, Chris Maxwell, formerly of PNE, captain at Blackpool, not available. Yeah, that, that's a real shame because I know I spoke to him pre-season and last season as well. I know... <laughs> what this game means to him. He doesn't like Preston. Uh, you know, there's also there's also <laughs> history there, and obviously he actually left Preston to come to Blackpool, which is not you mm. know, not not fairly often that's happened in, in recent times. Um, I know he's on loan at Hibs, wasn't he? Mm. Um, but there's on you know there's unfinished business there. I, I know he's I think he's good friends with, with two or three players in the Preston squad. Um, but in terms of you know, the club and, and how that was dealt, he wasn't particularly happy with that. 
So he, he, I know he was des- he was desperate to, to play that, so he'll be absolutely gutted. He he's a sort of player who, who's very restless. He's gutted to miss any game. I remember last season he missed two games with COVID over the Christmas period, and he hated it. So the fact <laughs> that he's going to be out for six weeks, it looks like Pop, another five now. He's been out for a week. He'll be hating that and missing the derby. Yeah, so he'll be absolutely gutted. So, um, but to be fair, he, he was there on Saturday. He did go to Forest because he, he's, he's the club captain, so he's mm. still going to away games. He's, he's still around the squad. Uh, I think Neil Critchley said he's, he's in the dressing room, so he's still sort of part of. He's, he's probably giving the rallying call on, on Saturday, <laughs> telling, <laughs> t- telling everyone you know what it means and don't you dare lose this game. Yeah. Sort of thing, so. Cover up his North End tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. No, and, and I mean Maxwell's a, a funny one at North End, wasn't he? Was it was a period where him and Declan Rudd were both kind of fighting for the number one shirt. I don't think either ever really nailed down the spot. There was a period where Maxwell was number one, then Declan Rudd kind of won out in the end and had a, a, a long period as number one. Um, I think he'll often be remembered, though, for probably, unfortunately, probably two things. Either the the, the one at Fulham where he's come out and, and dropped it, and then obviously the red card that ended up with uh, Paul Gallagher going in there. Yeah, to be fair, when he first came, he, he was signed as... Sort of put pressure, was it on Anders Lindegaard, wasn't mm. it? It would have been, and and he, he quickly established himself yeah. as number one above. Quickly showed he was Lind- better than that. Lindegaard, yeah, you know, and he, you know he he's a sort of sweeper keeper. He like coming out to the edge of the box, you know, taking, you know, coming right out to the touchline. And as you say, against against Ipswich, wasn't it November two thousand eighteen? It, mm. it sort of he, he got himself back into the side. Declan Rudd had, had a little bit of a dip in form. Maxwell got himself back in the side. I think he had seven or eight games. And then it, um, you know, Ipswich, he gave away a penalty just before half-time, edge of the box sort of thing, and got booked. Bit mm. un- probably a little bit unfortunate penalty would have been enough, but he got himself a yellow card. But later in the game, knowing he had that yellow card, the ball came down the sort of inside channel yeah. and he came right out to the touchline for some reason to yeah. try and clear and didn't get there in time. Caught his man, second yellow card. Off he went. Declan Rudd on the bench, ready to... Get put his gloves on, get ready, and the manager turned around to him and said, "We've used all three yeah. subs, can't bring anyone on." So Paul Gallagher went in nets and legendary status became, you know, yeah. already a legend at PNE. He absolutely went further into orbit by not only putting the gloves on, but mm. um, I think he, he, he persuaded the manager that he was a better bet than Louis Malt to go in games. <laughs> but, so going goals anyway. On on Gallagher came and. Uh, not only did he, you know, catch stuff and kick stuff, he made an absolute worldy save, didn't yeah. he? You know, so yeah. Uh, yeah. And then after that, Chris Maxwell, he, he, you know, he had a one-game ban. Mm. Declan Rudd came in, they stuck with Rudd. He went off on loan to Charlton, had had half a season on the bench at Charlton, didn't get a game. Yeah. Mm. Weirdly at the time, Dylan Phillips established himself as mm. Charlton's goalkeeper. They went up then, and he had the what should have been a season's loan at Hibs, which got cut short at the Christmas. And um, you know we ended up at Blackpool. So, mm. yeah. PNE team news wise, though, uh, it's kind of more of the same, really. For those PNE fans listening, or Blackpool fans listening, mm-hmm. we'll go into a little bit more detail, but not nothing major, really. Not at the, at the moment. Not as we speak at the moment. Yeah. Obviously, we've got another Still game got to get through Coventry, yet. Yeah, um, yeah, you got to survive that one with what booking sendings off injuries or whatever. Ryan Ledson and Ben Whiteman both on four on bookings. Four going so into Coventry, yeah. two big players that could potentially miss the yeah. Blackpool game. If yeah, yeah. With but, one um, yeah, team news wise, yeah, they've got a couple of long term injuries, but you know Matthew Ellis Sunday. Yeah. Um Jed Evans hasn't, yeah. you know, played since the second game of the season. So there's there is he rounds obviously out for a long time. Mm-hmm. But Sean Maguire, as of Tuesday, we're not sure about him coming back in. Ali mm. McCann could be a little bit like that. Yeah, could be around. Yeah. 
Um, but otherwise, sort of much of where they are, Scott Sinclair, Tom Barcaves, mm. and both back after COVID, sort of Barcaves had it a lot worse than a lot of people have the after effects of it anyway. Mm. They have the long COVID, haven't they, with, with, his, with his asthma, etc. Um, so they're, they're back in the building now. They're back in that squad available. So, um, But as you say, nothing too spectacular at the moment in terms of, you know, sort of players struggling or whatever. So Tom Barkay's and one with a sort of a, a foot in both camps. camps yeah. Not anymore, I don't think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not the most, but I think he's actually, his family, I think they still go watch Blackpool. Actually, he's a Blackpool lad, isn't he? Yeah, but yeah. I remember when he when he first signed for North End, or maybe not after quite after he first signed him, he might have been during his Morecambe days. He was he was interviewed by a colleague of ours, Adam Lord, uh, who's back here now with us. Um, and I think it was in his Morecambe days, and it was one of the reasons why did you leave Blackpool? And he said during the reign of one manager who says I was a cone in training that was what he was used as basically stand there while other players run around you near enough and I think but was, was it Jose? Who was the manager at the time? The foreign, the Jose Riga. Riga. It was yeah. He said Riga used him as a traffic cone in yeah. training, effectively. You know, whether that's a direct quote or not. But basically, he, he was just there to sort of. It's a little ironic as well because he's absolutely yeah. rapid, and you yeah. just sort of like just stay still and yeah. stay there. But I think that was his sign that. Yeah, you know, he played some games, but he needed to go somewhere else, and he went on loan to Morecambe, and then I think permanently and. Uh, you know, the rest is history, but it, it'll Will he get be a good reception, Matt. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those black fans aren't obviously disappointed because he's a Blackpool lad, yeah. you know, he's a Blackpool fan, so there is that sort of nagging doubt. I think, I think a lot appreciate when he left Blackpool. It, mm-hmm. I, I, it was before my time, I understand that there was more to it with the Oysters as well. He wasn't treated particularly well by the club, so uh, you know, you understand from his point of view why he'd, he'd hold a sort of grudge against, against the former owners. But I think on the fans, you know, that th- they wish he'd stay, they wish he'd, you know, a Blackpool lad in the team. But now he's at Preston, so you, yeah. you know full well mm-hmm. what, what that means. Yeah. But, um, and obviously, you know, there's, there's bad pots as well, but that's yeah. obviously a bit of a different, different yeah. situation. Yeah. He's not quite on the popularity went, scales, but is it? Yeah, going? he went, well, at either club, <laughs> unfortunately. No. He went to Barnsley in between, hasn't he? So. Yeah, signed from Barnsley. On his day, on his day, I've, I've nothing with Tots. You know, I think he, he, he's a trier, he works. I still remember that performance yeah. at Wembley. I watched that game when he, for Blackpool, and he, he was brilliant in that final and you know, but yeah. when he since he's been at PNE, I mean, to be honest, I thought early doors he showed that kind of yeah. showed that kind of player. Mm. But of late, <laughs> it's I don't want to I don't want to kind of join the sort of bandwagon of digging out pots. But there are times where he just looks maybe a little aimless. Mm-hmm. Like he's just kind of he's a big guy. He's got a, a good engine on him, and he'll do the running and all this sort of stuff. And he's a, a, a willing workhorse almost. But there's times where you just kind of wonder. What his role is, I think at Blackpool. Yeah, and I think at Blackpool he kind of had that sort of box to box ish sort of thing, and he was he he seemed to be able to use his power. Maybe maybe the level obviously is different, so that it changes now. But I still I still remember that that performance at Wembley. I thought he was brilliant on the day. Yeah, he had a really weird relationship with the Blackpool fans. They n- never really talked to him. But again, mm. there's reasons for that because when he came to the club, it was the midst of the, the you know the protests and stuff. So they were they, they were more concerned with with that. Um, and and when he arrived, it was. Blackpool with back-to-back relegations, basically. So he was sort of seen as part of that, even though, you know, as I said, he's he's a talented player. Um, but in League Two, when 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 they got promoted under under Gary Bowie, I think he, he scored scored ten and assisted ten. Yet having covered every game that season, I never got the feeling that he was particularly brilliant. They, they mm. were, he was a sort of player where for eighty-five minutes you wouldn't really notice him. He wouldn't have an effect on the game. He'd pop up with a goal, and you can't you can't knock those stats. But mm. I never got the feeling. Mm, 
there's more. It always felt like there's more to come, but it it, yeah. it, it didn't come. At um, North End, Potts is in a congested midfield. There's yeah. a lot of competition. And we've had the instances this season where Frankie McAvoy's actually played him as a stri- second striker, which, when you, if if you're trying to defend something, if you're trying to defend a lead or defend a sort of you know a point away from home, it'll run all day for you, run the channels, he'll hold it up and everything. But if you go in, if you're trying to get more out of the game, it's a puzzle for the North End fans. And yeah. They're, they're thinking of they, they associate Potts with that slight negativity which is probably a little bit unfair on him mm. we saw the best of Brad Potts when he first arrived at North End he arrived in the January they played a system at the time where they played sort of two number 10s Alan Brown yeah. and Brad Potts behind, like behind, four one, four one. Yeah, behind one striker mm. and both you know Potts scored a couple of times Brown scored in, in those Forest, runs yeah and he looked a real fine. I remember he picked up a knee injury and he missed a game at Blackburn, North End won one nil at Blackburn with Daniel Johnson scoring. Potts went and sat in the North End end mm. and he was getting mobbed and people were really worried. What are you doing here? You know, like, we need you out there. Oh, God, but Brad Potts was injured. But obviously since then, his, his influence has waned, you know. Mm. So whether you're saying he's not being used right or others have overtaken him in the, in the pecking order... And uh, just one thing you mentioned there, that phrase you used, box-to-box midfielder. Yeah. Aren't all midfielders meant to be box-to-box? Am I being a bit old-fashioned there? But my, yeah. my idea of a midfielder is, you, sorry, you have to do everything. Yeah. You know, but, I, I hate this sort of, oh, he's a four, he's an eight, he's a six. <laughs> yeah. Get him up there. That you know, is a like, very modern go, thing, isn't it? You know, can you imagine telling Roy Keane at United in his day, oh, by the way, you, you know, you, you're yeah. a sitter or you're a six or a four. Well, you know, it's, uh, Ben Pearson was a six at PNE, never got into the other box, apart from, like, I think like he did, did twice yeah. at school. And then everyone's like, why don't you do it more? But um, yeah. A a midfielder should be like a wing back. You know, wing backs have to do everything nowadays. They are going goals, you know, up and down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the problem with PNE lately. Yeah. Wing backs aren't getting pushed on enough. I know. Seems to be the key (laughs) to everything, isn't it? Yeah. That's another matter. Yeah. (laughs) What what should we expect uh, from Blackpool? Matt, go and give us a a run through, say, like the, the formation, things like that. What's Neil Critchley's style like for those that obviously don't watch them every week? Yeah, it's, it's interesting Dave says that about midfielders actually because Blackpool do play that sort of it's foot four four two, but it is mm. basically four two four. So they do have two sitters. My it. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's a family too. show. It's a family show. <laughs> so, so there's two sitters and their job is, is to be a break break the play mm. on them. They, they they don't really get they're not no. box to box, they don't get but the four two four so the wingers are you know, they they get right high up. Mm. Um it's interesting because obviously when you associate Neil Critchley with his background from uh, academy coach at Liverpool, he, he, he wanted to start with four three three in League mm. One last year. That's what he did. He wanted basically a League One version of Liverpool. Um, didn't really work. Obviously, they got off to a terrible start last season. I think they lost um, six of the first eight, eight or nine ten, uh, games. Uh, I won't say necessarily a formation issue, but from then he changed it to four four two. Brought in Gary Medine with, with Jerry Yates. Not to say they went long ball, but it was a bit more of a mix. It, it wasn't const- constantly. Pass, 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 press. Like a little bit more unpredictable. Yeah. Wh- whereas the main basis behind their success last season was they could do everything. If, mm. if they were against a team, you know that that couldn't deal with teams that pass around them, they'd do that. If if there was against a team that was a bit bit soft and couldn't deal with the more physical approach, yeah. they'd do that and they get Gary Medini up there and whatever. Um, obviously, again, with the Liverpool background, it's not a surprise to see they like to press, they like to get on the front foot. Um, I touched on it before off air, but I won't be surprised on Saturday the first sort of fifteen, twenty minutes that they're right at it. Mm. You know, with the atmosphere and everything. They in the big games they tend to really start early on and really go for it and that's when 
people like Jerry Yates are so key to closing down. And yeah, I mean, those small moments where you win a free kick in the corner that really get the crowd going yeah. and keep it, say that's the, he does that on the 10th minute, it guarantees you another know, couple of minutes of the fans still in the game and yeah. little, simple things like that, I suppose. That, that's what they're really good at. It, you know, uh, all teams now, all modern teams press, but mm. under Neil Critch, they're very good at sustaining that press and winning the ball back and then keeping it there in the half for, like you said, five, ten minutes. That's, that's what they're very good at. So I wouldn't be surprised if they came out early doors and and really took it to Preston and, and obviously that's where they want want to keep you know an early goal and if or if they don't then obviously it could play into Preston's hands but um so North End sort of if you think about from a North End point of view they're going to have to disrupt for the first hmm. defend and disrupt you're going to have to get your foot in slow it down you're going to have to slow it down put the ball out of play take your time hmm. with the throw-ins probably turn go a little bit longer at times a bit of outhousery yeah trying to you know Try and turn the ball over the top, mm. down the channels, work that way, and then you build yourself into the game. Which, which can work North in the end 3 have, 5 two. North End have done that. Yeah. that. That's the thing with North End. I've got to say, he, Frankie's been talking about the sort of... the North End really struggled against Derby's 4-3-3 on Saturday. And he said, we can when you play three at the back, you can struggle against a 4-3-3 with the attacks. Yeah. When, the, when, when the three-man attack's quite a fluid-moving one. And he, he said, sometimes... Sometimes you might be better swapping it, but I think would it be a brave man to swap, you know, to go to a flat back four it for the first time to mm. start, you know, for the first time in a four four man defence for a long time. Mm. I know they've done it in a couple of friendlies, they've changed during games. They did it in Frankie McAvoy's first game in, in April. But that's a long time, you know, they've been sort of ingrained in this three five two system. I yeah. know a lot of fans at the moment, aren't enjoying it as much. But is, do, you, do you change for a derby game? It's really, mm. That's a bit of a key one. Yeah, North End, for those uh, Blackpool fans that may not follow North End enough, uh, North End, 3-5-2, uh, generally have two probably sitters, although Dave might not like the term, mm-hmm. two probably sitters in generally one of Ledson, Whiteman, maybe Brown, Brown recently, McCann's come in very briefly, got injured after 20 minutes. Um, then you've got Daniel Johnson playing just in front of those, Two strikers, wing-backs, which is very important to get high up, as Frankie McAvoy keeps saying. And I wouldn't say it's necessarily a possession style, but it's more get the ball forward and we'll go from there. Work, it's work not there, yeah. it's not hoofball, it's not aimless as such, but it is if we'll, we'll aim towards a front man and we'll play off him, we'll play around the bits and things like that. A lot of diagonal, a lot of diagonal stuff, yeah. you know, to, you know, not that you say, not exactly, it's not sort of ball down to the corner where there's a pile of sand to hold the ball up or anything mm. like that we're not talking that we're talking sort of cross field stuff longer passes if you know what I mean but mm. certainly it's, yeah it's not sort of building through the midfield as such is it you know like you, you and that might be why Sean Maguire missing could be an issue for PNE because the link between Maguire and Reese has been very good he's kind of the man that that knits things together. Daniel Johnson does it slightly deeper, but Maguire, in terms of giving people time to get around the strikers, he's kind of, that's kind of been his role. He's obviously not available. You'd kind of look towards somebody like Daniel Johnson, Emil Reese, to be kind of the key man for for PNE this weekend to yeah. make the difference, wouldn't you? Keep it up that top end, yeah. Mm. You know, if you got if you're going to play up to him, you've got to hold it up there. In, yeah, uh, and Emil Reese looking to get him behind. Yeah, certainly. He's got pace. Mm. He's got pace. So. Uh, so probably two quite different styles there, unless McAvoy did change it. Which mm. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be a brave man to. I could see yeah. the clamour for it, but it'd be a brave man to do it for the first time. Shall we move on to everyone's favourite topic recently? The fans, the ticket situation uh, that created lots of controversy. That created uh, lots of arguments. I think 
it's, so it's so it sort of started off like my understanding of it. It sort of started off like there's there was going to be empty seats, so Blackpool fans were like, well, why not give it? Why not give Preston the whole area? Obviously, Preston would sell whatever they're given. Then that's the way it is in most derbies anyway. But there was going to be empty seats in the stand, is what we thought. So everyone, both sides seem to be of the thought of just give Preston as many as you can. Now half of that's been filled by Blackpool fans. What's your sort of take on it, Matt, from the Blackpool side? Yeah, there's a number of factors here. I probably didn't help, you know, doing the interview with Ben Manson, <laughs> executive, talking about the, the crowd trouble. Your fault. <laughs> talking about the crowd trouble, and that was a factor in, you know, Blackpool had issues this season that it might reduce allocations, and all of a sudden there's all this as well. So um, to start with, what, what Preston have got is what every club have had had this season. That, that's the basic, two, I think mm. 2,200 or just, just yeah. shy of that. Uh, again, the timing wasn't great because Barnsley and Blackburn had, had more. just got increased their allocation. Um, but without getting into some specifics, we touched it before, of, of the stand, the temporary stand, it, it's not the greatest stand. Obviously, it was brought in 2010 for that Premier League. It's not really been updated. It's, it's not the greatest in terms of facilities. Basically, it's the press on, on the left of us in the press box. There's the press box in the middle to separate. Then there's <laughs> the right. So <laughs> Barnsley had... Another so where are the stewards on Saturday? Don't get me started. <laughs> probably not there, which is probably half the problem. Um, <laughs> I think there's a bit more space in there than just the press box, I think. I think there's a few, <laughs> few empty... You know. But then, we'll so then to the right of us, Barnsley and Blackburn had a couple of blocks to the right of the press box. Mm. And Preston said, well, why haven't we got that? Then mm. obviously Blackpool took the decision to have Blackpool fans right on the other end, so near the north stand, which is where the main sort of the atmosphere, the main sort of... You know, Laddie fans, if you, if, you do, if you get what I mean, that drift. Yeah, that's where, to be fair, you know, the club have admitted themselves. That's where some issues have come this season with launching missiles and, and beers and coins or whatever. Um, so they wanted Blackpool fans in, in those last two blocks. So the two blocks free to the right of us in the press box, which which I think that won't be a problem. My experience of being in that stand for five years, there's plenty of room. I, I don't ever you know, you know, the two fans getting anywhere near each other or throwing stuff. I, I don't see that being a problem. Um, it's obviously just the timing of it and how the announcements came out. It mm. probably didn't sit well with Preston fans. And as I wrote in my column uh, during the time, I, I understand from Preston's point of view how it looked. You know, you're only getting 2,000 when Barnsley and Blackburn were getting more, mm. but the police are involved. It's a high risk, high risk, uh, high risk um, fixture. But if if Preston did have those two blocks to the right of us in the press box, then you're creating those. That's where the, that's where the flashpoints have been this season. That mm. corner with the north stand. You, you'll, you'll see it on Saturday. It's very easy for fans to get down and, and to you know you, you know what it's like at games the gesturing and whatever. Mm. It doesn't take much for one or two idiots to. Mm. So I'm not surprised if the police said no. We don't want fans near each other there. And so, the, but the, you know, Blackpool probably seen that as an opportunity to go. Actually, no. You know, we can have home fans in there, and it, and it won't be that. We won't have the same same mm. issues. Whereas if you had press fans right in the corner flag. With the North Stand, which is which is just a recipe for disaster. How far how far across did the Blackburn and Barnsley fans go? So I think it's technically I think it's a block and a half. So it's a small mm. little block mm. and then another block. So I think yeah. that blocks of about five, four or five hundred each yeah. one. I just I just think Matt, the only from a North End point of view, probably might might be looking at it slightly. Here roll, we go. Come on. <laughs> As you say, the timing didn't yeah. work out. If yeah. this if this had been later in the season or it had been earlier in the season, you hadn't had other teams with the same things, but it's a bit of a red rag to the ball when you've got Rovers fans, and all like the Blackburn-Blackpool derby might not be mm. what the Preston one is, but to suddenly say, well, you can have 3,100, yeah. that, that just from an outsider's point of view, from the layman's point of view looking at it, that doesn't seem too yeah. fair. Now, 800 more tickets, 
to me, with stewarding and proper policing, is not a great deal more to... I can understand the logistics and everything, but it's not as if it was a choice of 5,000 or 2,500. No issue with that. I wouldn't have expected, you know, like... All I would have expected, if, if for fairness, you know, if North End had been told, right, you've got 3,000 and that's it, with a sort of your main 2,200 on one side and then one block near the other, then a bit of segregation. I don't think there would have been an issue. North End weren't expecting, because Preston's away end holds 5,000, we should get 5,000. Don't forget, you know, that that's nonsense. That was never going to happen. But I just think the timing of it all, and it was preached to North End fans, this is a real flashpoint safety issue here. Mm. This is, you know, this could be carnage if it goes wrong. And then it was almost, there was there was talk... There have been talks of Preston getting that over 800. After after Blackpool said there would only be 2,200, there, I know for a fact there were further talks about can we give Preston 800, and that all depended on whether North End had a beam back at Deepdale. You know, North, North End were going, if we get those 800 tickets, and it's unlikely that we'll need the beam back. And so there were those talks, and then... I don't know. It just came across as a little bit rubbing the noses, is it? That that saw the timing of yeah. it suddenly. I agree with that. Yeah. But what I would say is the big difference between those games mm-hmm. is there wasn't a demand yeah. to sell out the home ends mm-hmm. for Blackburn. No, Bradley. I can say I totally understand that. You do. You've got to look after your so, own fans. I, I understand that, and I think unfortunately, the thinking at Preston now is that sort of little row over those eight hundred yeah, yeah. tickets. The North End, I don't know, I can't speak on behalf of others, but there's certainly more of a mindset now than there was previously to restrict what Blackpool will get at Deepdale. North End, might, it might be a case, Blackpool fans might look at it and think, you're cutting your nose off to spite your face here. But if Blackpool are going, we're looking after our home fans, fair enough, no issue with that at all. North End in March could turn around and said, well, we'll look after our home fans here. I know it's a bigger stadium, yeah. we might not sell the tickets, I don't know, but... North End showed against Derby, I know, in sad circumstances with mm. Trevor Hemmings' passing, reduced prices, etc. They can fill what's needed. And I think there will be that determination to try and fit, you know, fit. And I just think for the sake of 800 tickets, or I don't know if they could have even compromised, given, given North End another three or 400 or something, 500, and just left it at that and had bigger segregation or something. I don't know. But the returning danger yeah. of a little bit of yeah. tit for tap. Yeah. As you? I say, I'm not, you know, I'm not the safety officer. I'm not the police <laughs> guy in charge. I'm not the guy who's going to... Derby games, you know, our, our society, on both sides, there's going to be some people who want a bit of a, a mm. rook. I'm, last not, <laughs> you know, like, like, oh, yeah. w- 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 last not so hide away It doesn't from have that. to be Blackpool. There'll no. be people every week that want to Yeah, it happens at every game, every, you know, thing. You know, it's a society issue as much as a football one, you know, sometimes too much drink taken, you know, and for on the on the safety grounds when they're preaching the safety grounds yet it's still a three o'clock kickoff on mm. a Saturday afternoon if it was so high risk 12 o'clock each day you mm. know we've I've, we've been at Blackpool before at lunchtime kickoffs Blackpool kickoff have come to Deepdale for the lunchtime kickoff mm. you know uh, are they, are they, you know, will that make a difference? I don't know. But that's why I go back yeah. to there have mm. been issues on, on in most home games this yeah. season. I think even Fulham, which you wouldn't necessarily associate mm. with trouble, because mm. again, going back to the East Stand, there's not great exit mm. points. Yeah. So I think Fulham fans ended up going towards the North Stand when they left the ground, mm. and just because it was 
you know, again, proximity of fans closer mm. to each other. Then you had missiles, and yeah. stuff like that. So the, there is heat reasons for it. I get what you're saying about yeah. the three o'clock kickoff, but yeah. the police, you know, that have been in regular contact mm. with the club. I think the EFL and the FA have been in touch with the club, so yeah. there, there is that is there. Yeah. Um, but the big difference between, as I said, between Blackburn and Barnsley, there wasn't a demand to sell the home end. Yeah. This Blackpool could have sold a lot more. Yeah, I can see. So yeah. if yeah. from their point of view, if there are t- seats, of, whatever they've gone to police and the safety officer, right, what seats are available? Mm-hmm. If there are seats available, we're going to sell them to our home fans because mm-hmm. this is our first derby Preston since you know post Oyston, the first game since what 2009 at Bloomfield Road. Mm-hmm. Where is it? I, you know, I touched upon Deepdale is obviously a, a bigger mm-hmm. ground, and I don't know what you're saying about derby. Yeah. It's unlikely Preston will sell, the, sell out yeah. the home. That's not a dig. That's just yeah. you got a bigger ground. So, yeah. but it might be that Preston will decide. I'm uh, not saying. So, I think uh, I think before this blew up, they wouldn't have even thought yep. about it. Mm-hmm. But I do think that since this, it will certainly be in their thinking. I mean, I said it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago when we first started discussing it, and I think you wrote it in one of your uh, columns for the paper. At the end of the day, it is Blackpool's game, and they can do what they want with it, as as much as it may not sit nicely with half of those involved, yeah. or maybe even more. At the end of the day, it is still one of those things, they can do what they yeah. want. I mean, I wrote that, I did get the feeling amongst, it was only a small few, but I did get the feeling about, oh, it's a derby, it's the big two teams. It's Blackpool's home fixture, it's not an exhibition, it's not a neutral yeah. cup tie in, in a mm. neutral venue. It is Blackpool's home game, and unfortunately, or but however, however you want to look at it, Bloomfield Road is restricted to capacity. I think it's even lower than it used to be in the Premier League. Mm. I think it's around, mm. the highest they've had this season is 13,000. I don't know what it'll be mm. for Saturday, but it won't be what they had against Man United. Because in the Premier League, don't forget, you did have... Say Man United fans on one side yeah. and Blackpool fans there, so I think you know, yeah. Blackpool fans raised that issue themselves. Like, why can't we do that like, like, like we did eleven years ago? Well, mm. a lot's changed since then. Yeah, yeah, there have been there's flash points and issues as, as I said before, um, but you know it is it's Blackpool's home fixture and, and mm. Sam Sellers going to look after you know yeah. look after the home as fans. Preston will probably look yeah. after the home fans. Which, just you mentioned the Fulham game before. Where was the trouble from the home fans? Or was it involved? That in was the some fans? result by the way as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, so, so Fulham had. Yeah. I was quite. To be, to be fair, I was quite impressed. Actually, I, I never associated press, uh, Fulham with well, travelling well. Yeah. But they they brought up. They sold out pretty much the two thousand yeah. to the left of us in the press mm. box. They started so well, I suppose. Yeah, yeah and, and and again, it, it wasn't an issue during the game. It's only when yeah. uh, post match, you basically got you know mm. they, lost, they lost the game. So yeah. they had the fans flooding a bit early, bit earlier than than the yeah. final whistle. They were flooding mm. past the, the, the front. And then I don't know. All it took is one yeah. finding in the north stand to yeah. you know gesture or whatever, and a few chants or whatever. You know the normal sort of banter yeah. we see. And then I, I don't know what happened, but I think you know someone or, or some people have thrown things. I, mean, I don't think it was necessarily a really no. bad flash, but but it was enough. And there's yeah. been other cases as well. And then I know um, I don't know if it was the Fulham game. There's been mm-hmm. other games. I think mm-hmm. um, Cardiff and Middlesbrough have spring to mind. No Cardiff mm-hmm. um, springs to mind. Whether again um, there's been issues with the police where where away fans are let out. Yeah. So basically they're there's been cases where the away fans have been let out in the midst of yeah. four or five thousand fans in the North Stand. Only reason I asked Matt was like uh, Fulham, you, you associate with sort of very yeah. middle, middle class That's support. Yeah. They probably throw hummus Bro. at each other <laughs> yeah. and, and throwing sandwiches. I'm throwing sandwiches. But North End were down at QPR the other week and there was quite a nasty incident on yeah. Euston Station involving mm. their fans coming back from Coventry and a group oh, yeah. of North End fans. Yeah. And it, it, 
it just wow. You, you, we were, we were Tom and me were on the train and we're hearing bits from mm. people talking about it. And you, the first thing I thought was Fulham. Are you yeah. sure? You know, it's like Reading being involved or something like that. <laughs> just not a club you associate with a bit of trouble. Yeah. So that's the only reason I asked. I'm not sort of stirring no, no, the no. pot or anything. Sets and sandals there. turns Green Street. <laughs> yeah, and we're rating, I know. Yeah, rating yeah. everyone's firm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did see it. Okay, Proper um, naughty. <laughs> the, the other week when Blackpool beat Barnsley at Bloomfield Road, mm. Barnsley had a bit more to, to, to the right, so yeah. a bit closer to the to the main sort of Blackpool fans. Mm. And at full time, uh, a smoke bomb, whatever you want yeah. to call it, a pyrotechnic was thrown mm. on the Blackpool yeah. end into the away fans yeah. which is really not clever at all mm. and I was actually walking around the ground to, to interview Neil Critchley post-match and mm. I saw a fan who, who'd been directly hit with it on his yeah. on his, on his belly um, and but the main issue with that was the, the, the smoke bomb was yellow which which really annoyed me <laughs> 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 but the, the guy was fine he, you yeah. know, he was fine but um, yeah. uh, so there have been numerous yeah. issues it's not yeah. just a one-off it, but yeah. every home game there's been something and it's not just inside the ground there has been stuff Outside the yeah. ground, behind the north stand, and, and mm. Bluefield Red as well. There's one occasion where the police marched the away fans, came out being Coventry, mm. past the Blackpool's main pub, yeah. which which isn't even yeah. towards you know main yeah. car parks or train station. Mm. No idea what they were thinking there. I mean, there might have been a logical explanation, yeah. but you've got 200, 300 tanked up Blackpool fans, you mm. know, mm. celebrating. I think it's they, mm. you know, they lost. I think actually, and then you're marching all the fans past them. So there's been plenty of issues around the ground, inside the ground. So there, mm. there is a lot more to yeah. it. I do hope, you know, like for all the talk of tickets and it's sort of, it does pass without incident. You know, obviously, I think, you know, the, the authorities will have to. without tickets, yeah, wasn't you, there? You've got to, you know, like people will have to stay on the toes, actually, mm. the authorities and things. They're going to have to be on alert for it. But I do hope that we are talking on Monday about the football. Yeah. You know, it's more of a sort of, you know, like whatever happens on the pitch is more of the talking point yeah. than off it. Talking you know? about a P&E win. Well, what are expectations for the game? Let's have a, a sort of prediction. How do you see it going? See, like, for me, I think... I was saying I was saying to you last couple of games, I think it might just be a bit of a, a naff game, to be honest. I think it, it, in Derby sometimes, it seems to go one of two ways. Either it's this explosive amazing game or it's just kind of a almost a non-event because you build up to it a lot anyway and I wonder whether both teams maybe a little bit out of sorts at the moment not 100% at it they may just kind of both struggle a little bit yeah it's probably not great timing for Blackpool to be honest I, I know before Saturday they won four of the last six then an international break came and sort of stalled the momentum a bit and then the injuries have, have you know really poor timing um, again, it depends obviously what happens tomorrow night. That might, might sort of lift them back up against Reading. But Neil Critchley says says it a lot. He said it last year. It's, you know, I think it's underrated how important is the timing of, of fixtures. Mm. So if, if Blackpool played Forest and Reading back to back a month ago, you're probably looking at four points, maybe six. Whereas now Forest looked like a really decent mm. side on yeah. Saturday, yeah. and Reading have won five or six. And you know, John Swift is is doing really well, and they're yeah. they're seventh and you know just outside the playoffs. Yep. So if if you know we're calling this on, on Tuesday, so Blackpool lose at Reading, you know, then you're going into it sort of feeling, mm. you know, you know what it's like. One game can sort of twist yeah. the whole yeah. sort of tone, feeling, and you know, you without Chris Maxwell, who mm. who's key not just as a captain, but he's the one who sets the tone. He he he's the distribution. He, he sets the the way the way they play. Shane Lavery, you know, as a touched upon, scored five of their twelve goals. He's not there. Mm. They've got, I mean, you touched on it before, Preston's not many injuries. Blackpool, I think I counted on Saturday, they've probably got 10 without mm. 10 players. And, you know, they do have a very good squad, so it's not like, you know, they can't put a team out. But, you know, if you're without 10 players, two of them are your number one, your captain and your striker, 
I mean, I think I spent a good 20 minutes in the press room at Forest on Saturday before the game working out <laughs> how many it was. I mean, it was similar to last year, though. They went on that silly run between February and April where they didn't lose. Yeah, every game they're without seven, eight players, and they mm. just they just got on with it. So it's not like it's, you know, it's that's it. Ten injured players, they can't cope. They can. Mm. But obviously, it does have an impact. I suppose, likewise, if North End go and turn over Coventry in midweek, yeah. mm. they go into the game in much different Yeah, yeah. Different I, 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 I think a sort of NAF game would suit more North End more than Blackpool. Mm. But to be fair, in recent years, when North End have played derbies predominantly against Blackburn and Bolton, they've handled it quite well. They've not we got can. a bad record in it. So they've, they show that they can handle those occasions. Um, this is a different one. You look at the record between North End and Blackpool recently, since about the 2008-9, there were goalless draws there. You know, it, oh, this is a bit of a different derby than Preston and Blackburn, Preston, Burnley, etc. This there's a little. Oh, I think there's a little bit more edge to this one. Mm. You know, and the, certain, the weight yeah. has added to it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Almost like you know, it could. You know, the expectation of mm-hmm. it is better than the actual game. We might be totally wrong. We might be sitting here and it's an absolute uh, three, classic three game of football uh, yeah. or something, but it has got the potential just to be a sort of bit of an, uh, you know, not after the Lord Mayor show, that that means it's followed something good, but, you know, yeah. not not quite living up to the hype, mm-hmm. you know, so um, we'll just have to see, really. I mean, but, you know, like but, I but I think earlier, it will though. be North End to start with, I would think if I was a manager and I don't care how well or what kind of form you're on in a derby like that you've got to go and spoil for, a, for as your away team you've got to go and spoil for a little yeah. bit you know, got to try and get the crowd out of it yeah yeah because um, Blackpool fans will be up for it you know don't get, North Angle fans will be up for it Blackpool will be up for it but you've got the home support etc that you know is the onus is on the home team as it will be at Deepdale in, in March the onus is on the home team to take it there now mm-hmm. as a away team if you can get on the front foot quickly even better but sometimes you do have to sort of be a bit pragmatic about it And mm. uh, but you don't want it if you've got the you know there's all arguments about tickets and everything aside when you've still got you you good solid away support behind you like that. You want to give them something to mm. shout about. You don't want to sort of be too pragmatic early on, where you're lulling them into sort of, oh God, what am I watching here? You know, mm. you need something. You still need that sort of energy. You can sort of you, you can sort of get a foothold in the game and battle and scrap without sort of bringing it down too mm. far, yeah. keeping your fans with you at the same time. You As know. the home team, is the pressure on Blackpool? I don't, I don't think so. I don't see it as that. Like I said, touched upon what I said before, they're just seeing this season as, you know, the first season back in the Championship, they're just looking forward to playing Preston again. Um, mm. You yeah, touched on the fans there. I'm, I'm not just saying it's blow smoke, but I, I've not known a fan base pound for pound because they're obviously not the biggest fan base in, in the league, but the atmosphere they create is at home when they're really on it is, is, something, is something else. I'm, you know, hopefully it's, it's like that. I, I imagine it will be on Saturday, especially, like I said, first sort of 10, 15 minutes. Um, there's been cases where they went 2-0 down against Cardiff and, the home support were louder than the Cardiff fans, even though there's gone two no down. They really do rally behind the club's just on a massive wave, really positive now. I think, you know, complete night and day to what it was five, six years ago under the Oystons. Um, so I, I don't really think they see it as pressure. I think they're just finally we're back in the championship. Mm. We're playing Preston again. You know, if they lose, so be it. But I don't, I don't see it as like you know, you know, we talk about old fashioned about Derby and bragging rights and stuff. It's just something to look forward to, I mm. think. I think that's, that's just how they're approaching it. They're not like, oh, we can't lose. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's how they're going to approach it. I think What's a bragging right as well? I write it so many <laughs> yeah, yeah. times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, actually, it's a bragging yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, though, it is more of that game for PNE than it is Blackpool. I Maybe think it, is, it yeah. has been for a while where 
especially I think it's been added to a little bit because Liverpool comes shortly after and fans have been quite keen to make sure players know that the Blackpool game is the one, not Liverpool. Don't get distracted. I think it has kind of been, especially with a lot of draws, not necessarily losing, not necessarily, and obviously not winning. It's kind of like, well, it's not, we're not in crisis situations. So what can we kind of look towards a little bit? And it it generally is that Blackpool game and it's right. We may not be winning at the moment. We're not losing. So we'll, we'll accept that. But as long as we win the Blackpool one, and it just does seem to be quite, quite, Maybe bigger for PNE fans at the moment than than could Blackpool take, fans. Could take the pressure off a little, you know, mm. like and you it, know, it could crank it right up if if, yeah, if, if they're soundly the beaten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, I mean, thing is, looking at these two teams, especially in the league, Blackpool are currently three points and three places ahead of PNE. But in terms of goals scored, goals against, even points, there's only three points in it. One's Blackpool are fifteenth, PNE eighteenth. There is very little to separate the two sides, and that's what I was saying before in terms of that it might just be a bit of a, a naff game where both sides just kind of almost maybe cancel each other out. Might just take As one little bit of a, a you know, a yeah, something a little bit special. Make yourself a hero. Yeah, you know, that sort, sort of moment might be just a sort of you know quick run to get in behind you know as the lights go out on it is that a hint we finally we finally get the camera to do an actual video of it and and the uh, lights go out yeah yeah Yeah, but you know it could just be a little bit moment of magic you know sort of you know you know a pot shot from 25 yards Mm -hmm. a nice free kick or or whatever or as you say it might be an absolute might just take something scruffy you Mm. know so uh, who who gives the moment of magic for peony might be Reese getting in behind. It might be DJ, someone like that. You mm. know, for for all we know. So Blackpool. It might who's, be a totally unexpected hero? hero. You know. Yeah. It's always a tough question when I'm asked mm. that. So when I speak to opposition reporters, they say who's who's the star man. Yeah. And the, the main sort of key to Blackpool success is they don't have mm. star men. It's not a one individual. It, it's a team collective effort. I don't think North End do really. Yeah, they, we're they, not we're not going to stand out. No, absolute sort of. They pre- I'm better than the rest. Yeah. Of yeah. They, they press together. They defend yeah. together. And. Uh, Obviously, Jerry Yates is the top scorer from last season. Mm. He's got two and two, so you, you'd think he's the one likely to score. Um, but I'd want, but I'd without s- Medine, does he score as many? And uh, I suppose a little bit like that, I guess, yeah. is is that where it... Um, I, I think well, there's times last season where he led the line on his own. He was with, you know, he's been with Shane Lavery, he's been with Gary Medine, he's mm. been with Tyrese John-Jules, so he, he's used to mixing the match. In. Um, but the one player I, w- I would sort of single out is probably Josh Bowler, because mm-hmm. he's a really exciting player. He's the sort of player that gets fans off their seats. He's, if you look at... Blackpool Twitter that the fans every week tweet about how he's he's completely the most successful dribbles and you know whatever he's re- very good at getting Blackpool from the 18 yard box to the opposition 18 yard box he's so good at it. his dribbling is brilliant what I would say is his end product needs a lot of work on I think you know it, I've not seen a better wing in the league who getting past players but then he only has one goal and one assist which isn't good enough but he does have you know, he, he gets into those positions if it clicks on so the day it, so it clicks. But yeah. he, he's, the, he's the sort of player as I said first 10-15 minutes of Blackpool really taking the game to them they're probably going to go down the right and get it, get it to bowl as quick as possible because he's the sort of player who can nip it past two or three very quickly. Or up until now, it's it's been the finish or the cross that's been missing. Mm. Right then, we're we're near the end. Mm-hmm. Bring you both in for a score prediction just to just to make us all look silly uh, this time next week. Dave, one nil PNE. I'll just say that. Else. I think we're talking ourselves. It's going to be into a, a bore, boring nil. Yeah. So I don't want to say nil. I'm going to say two one Blackpool. Oh, well, see, uh, well, right. 
I, I, do you know, it felt like Monday night football at times. Do you know what we were doing? They <laughs> talked about the tickets and it was like back and forth. I mean, I like, Hang on, uh, yeah. who's who then? Who's Gary Neville? Which one's Jamie Carragher? Oh, yeah, that's the point. Who wants what? I don't want to be Gary Neville. Neither, to be honest. No one grows up wanting to be Gary Neville, do they? So, yeah, I reckon I'll go. I'll go one-one just because, like you, I, I, I think it'll they'll cancel each other out, but I don't want it to be too boring. So I'll say one-one. But I mean, are we all we're just all excited to, to get stuck into it. Last, aren't we? Last, like, last just, yeah, last play on the day night. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 yeah. Any other cliche? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take each game, game as it comes. Time, Take yeah. Back and yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's only worth yeah. three points. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next game's the most important. Play the game, not the occasion. Well, I think. I mean, that's about it. I'll also have to say, really, thanks everyone for listening. Keep in contact with at Seds LEP on Twitter, at Tom Sandals, at Matt Scrafton. Um, there's L- at LEP underscore football and at Gazette Sport, is it? Uh, Foul Football. Foul Football, of course. Um, and uh, buy a copy of the LEP Lancashire Post and the Blackpool Gazette. Keeping uh, up to date with all the stories for PNE and Blackpool and uh, daily content online at lep.co.uk and blackpoolgazette.co.uk. But all that's left to say is thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you for having me.